0: Welcome to That's Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Cece Calbanero, and I'll be sharing stories of miracles, God moments, and unpacking the truth behind what joy truly means. My friend, when God gives you a direct call on your life, be sure to answer it. Here's to answering my call together. hello and welcome back to that show the podcast i'm your girl cc and welcome to week two of the first four week series that we have ever done on this show um if you, in case you missed last week we are diving in to the relationship principles of jesus by tom holiday every week for the next four weeks you're in the second wink wink <laughs> By the way, I can't wink very well. So like me trying on this YouTube channel. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, You can laugh at that one. It's okay. But um, I am diving in to this book with y'all. One, because... Christmas is here, and Jesus is the reason for the season. And two is because uh, this book has quite literally helped change my life so much and helped me kind of wash the lens that I had over viewing relationships and how much I can really see relationships as Jesus would. And so, um, over these next four weeks, I think that we'll scratch the surface on what that looks like. And then in January, we will lock arms together and read the entirety of this book day by day together. Now, if there's any ounce of that, that sounds exciting to you. I'm talking Zoom calls. I'm talking accountability. I'm talking nutrition guide from a personal trainer slash nutrition coach, and I'm talking diving in together, um, then stay tuned for the very end of the episode because I will share more details on what that's going to look like as a That's Joy community um, together. But I hope that you enjoy day two as much as I enjoyed day two and again I hope that you're cozying up and wherever you were listening to this or watching this I hope that you're really able to be present um, underneath the sound of my breath and Lord I just pray right now that whoever's choosing to press play on these episodes in these next four weeks would just be like touched and transformed in the best way I just pray for miracles and I pray that these words would penetrate unlike any words that have been read over them before um I just pray that God, you would move. You would move through each and every one listening right now. In Jesus name, we love you. We thank you. Amen. All right. So day two is called the attraction of lesser things. And if this is your first week listening in, there are 40 days in this book that we will cover, but for the next four weeks, we're just reading a day. So This one's called The Attraction of Lesser Things. Place the highest value on relationships. Not on money, but on relationships. First with God and then with others. Not on time, but on relationships. First with God and then with others. Not on things, but on relationships. First with God and then with others. Not on your work, but on relationships, first with God and then with others. Yeah, yeah, I know that, you may be thinking. Of course you do. We all know this. The problem we have with valuing relationships is not in the knowing, but in the doing. Think for a moment about how easy it is for the unimportant to intrude on the truly important in our relationships, in bullets. You get up early to spend a few time, a few minutes with God to start the day, but you end up reading stock quotes or sports scores instead. Your best friend is pouring out her heart to you, but you're distracted by the little piece of spinach stuck in her teeth. Your spouse is talking about something really important, and your mind keeps wandering to the fact that your favorite TV show started two minutes ago. Your child is actually talking to you for once, yet you are so pressured by the task of the day that you find yourself rushing the conversation. You're writing a chapter on the importance of relationships, yet when your wife interrupts to discuss something important to her heart, your first response is to feel irritated. Oh, sorry, this last one may have been more for me than for you. We could discuss dozens upon dozens of reasons why we give relationships a lesser priority. In the end, understanding why we do it is not nearly as important as changing the fact that we do it so regularly. This is one of those issues where just understanding why has little to bring about change. Sometimes the answer to a problem comes through personal reflection alone but this isn't one of those times. We're talking about relationships and so it only makes sense that you have to get outside of yourself for your relationships to change. You'll never change your relational priorities by continually doing an internal examination of your priorities. The only way to change your priorities is to begin to make different choices in your relationships. Jesus teaches us how to make different choices. What he teaches takes just two sentences to say but a lifetime to put into practice love god with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself that's it jesus teaches that we must replace our old set of values with a new set and we must then begin to act on this new set of values first we renew our priorities and then we act on those renewed priorities first we renew our priorities and then we act When Jesus taught that love for God and love for our neighbor are to come first, he showed us which values are to have first priority in our lives. Then he described how to live out the priority of loving God in the words, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the priority of loving others in the words, as yourself. During the next several days, we'll explore some ideas for putting these words into practice. But first, let's review what Jesus said was not important. When compared to the things that are of first importance, there's a difference between what we think we should value and what we truly value. Take 30 seconds to ask yourself what it is you actually place value on. Here are five questions to jumpstart your thoughts in an honest direction. One, what's the first thing you think about in the morning? Two, what does your schedule tell you about your priorities? Three, As you look at your checkbook, what gets paid no matter what? Four, what do you find yourself talking about most? Five, what's the last thing you think about when your head hits the pillow at night? We've already looked at Jesus' clear statements that loving God should be the most important pursuit in life and that loving others should be a close second. He also spoke about the need to avoid pursuing the lesser values that can get in the way of relationships. Let's look at two of the most intrusive of these lesser values money and task don't get me wrong there's nothing inherently wrong with making money or with accomplishing tasks we're not talking about whether these are good or bad we're focused on the issue of priorities relationships are more important than money jesus talked about money and relationships in his most famous sermon the sermon on the mount No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both money and God. So I tell you, don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food, drink, and clothes. Doesn't life consist of more than food and clothing? Look at the birds. They don't need to plant or harvest or put food in barns because your Heavenly Father feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than they are. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Of course not. And why worry about your clothes? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he take more surely care for you? You have so little faith. So don't worry about having enough food or drink or clothing. Why be like the pagans who are so deeply concerned about these things? Your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs, and He will give you all you need from day to day if you live for Him and make Him the kingdom of God your primary concern. Matthew 6, verses 24 to 33. As we consider our priorities, three relational truths from this passage are vital. First, notice that Jesus said we cannot serve both God and money. He didn't say, should not, or might not want to attempt to he said cannot jesus teaches us that competing values cannot exist one will overwhelm the other our modern day answer is i'll manage my life better and then i'll be able to do more i'll find time for being completely committed to god and for making money and for recreation and career and hobbies too jesus says you cannot serve both money god and money and we think well jesus obviously didn't understand how to multitask it doesn't matter how well you manage your life or how many labor-saving time-saving devices you buy if you try to hold on to competing values one will always overwhelm the other and here's a strange thing the lesser value almost always overwhelms greater lesser values take less faith and less effort The lesser values seem easier, so it will constantly draw you in because to all appearances, you can reach a lesser value more quickly. And you'll be continually tempted to make it your first priority. Those who try to love God and money end up loving just money. Lesser values don't deliver on their promise. That's what makes them lesser. A while back, I received an email I received an email from my friend, Bucky. He was on the cusp of a career change with all of the energy, anxiety, and evaluation such a strange such a change creates for anyone. His son had asked him to spend college spring break driving around the Old South, visiting all the places where dad quote unquote grew up. In the email book, he said, I really can't afford to be gone right now, but decided that 20 years from now, no one will remember that I took time away from my new work, but my son will hopefully remember it for the rest of his life. Pray for our safety and that I will be able to resist the temptation to do emails and make phone calls every night. That's a choice for the greater value of relationships, a choice for what will last. There is a second truth here found in Jesus' question. Doesn't life consist more than food and clothing? The answer is, of course it does. The striking thing about their lesser values is that the more of them you achieve, the more you realize how little power they have to bring fulfillment. You end up lying awake in the middle of the night with these very words of Jesus running through your mind. Doesn't life consist of more? Revolutionary War hero Patrick Henry is famous for knowing something about values. His stirring cry, give me liberty or give me death, is certainly a value statement, trumpeting his commitment to the value of freedom. He also had something to say about the value of relationship with God over lesser things. Near the end of his life, he penned these words, I have now disposed of all my property to my family there's one thing more i wish i could give them and that is the christian religion if they had that and i had not given them one shilling they would be rich and if they had not that and i had given them all the world they would be poor there's a third truth in matthew 6 that has the power to refocus our lives jesus says to those he was teaching you have so little faith the question jesus Pose that prompted this exclamation was If God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't He more surely care for you? When you boil it all down, questions about priority are questions about faith. If I have faith that God will care for me, it frees me to live with a certain set of priorities. In- Instead, I feel that it's up to me to take care of myself. My priorities will go in a completely different direction. In order to make your relationship with God and others the top priority, you're going to have to trust God like never before. If you're looking for a challenge, if you're looking for an adventure, you'll find it in having the faith to put your relationship first. Relationships are more important than task. Not only are relationships more important than money, they are also more important than task. Jesus' life is filled with encounters that show how he balanced the needs of people and the task before him. One, while being pressured to hurry through the crowds to see Jairus' daughter who was, who was near death, Jesus stops to give a shy woman the opportunity to voice her faith. See Mark 5 verses 21 to 43. When the disciples tell some parents that Jesus' schedule won't allow time for their children to be in his presence, Jesus says, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. Mark ten fourteen, Jesus and his disciples plan to get away from the crowd, only to have 5,000 men meet them at their place of quiet retreat. As the day gets late, the disciples show Jesus the logic of sending the people away to buy something to eat. But Jesus says, you give them something to eat. Mark 6, verse 37. Jesus' disciples are shocked to find him taking the time to talk to a woman beside a well in Samaria. See John 4. Because other teachers in Jesus... Jesus' day, thought themselves too important to speak to women in public. I could go on and on. It's tempting to think, of course Jesus had time for people. Things weren't as fast-paced in his culture as it is in ours. The truth is, whenever tasks need to be accomplished, there is the temptation to make the task you are doing more important than the people for whom you are doing the task. Did you notice that in every example above there was someone who wanted to hurry Jesus onto the next important item on his schedule? And in every case, Jesus chose meeting a person's need above following a schedule of task for that day. I tend to value time and task. Getting things done can be very important to me. As a young pastor, I devoured books about how to get more done in less time. God used one of those books to get my attention in the area of relationships. I'm sure you've noted that God has a wonderful sense of humor and one of the ways I've seen it is in how he will use the most unexpected means to get a message across. If If you're tempted to doubt God's humor, let me remind you that when the prophet Balaam tried to distance himself from God, God used his donkey to speak to him. See Numbers 22 verse 28. If God could speak to Balaam through his donkey, he could certainly speak to me about relationships through a book on time management. As I searched the book for the next tidbit on how to get more done, two sentences jumped and struck me, my heart like lightning. God does not demand of me that I accomplish great things. He does demand of me that I strive for excellence in my relationships. Wow. I remember these words because I copied them onto a three by five card and taped the card to the inside of my briefcase. For years and years, until the card became yellowed with age and curled at the edges, it was the first thing I saw when I opened my case to quote unquote get to work. It was a statement that put the fear of God in me when I read it when I first read it, I realized how easy it would be to miss God's priorities for my life. I deeply wanted to do God's will, but God's will, quote-unquote, was often defined as build a bigger church, be in a more significant ministry, accomplish greater task. These two sentences reminded me that it would be the easiest thing. In the world to chase after accomplishments my entire life and yet be left with mediocre relationships. I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. There is nothing wrong with serving in big, visible ministry, and there is nothing wrong with serving with all you have in what others, not God, might see as a small, hidden ministry. There is certainly nothing wrong with wanting to get to do great things for God and accomplishing great things for Him. The problem is that it's just too easy to start doing the great things for yourself and not for Him. It can happen in the blink of an eye. Service is then replaced with selfishness. We all struggle with selfishness, so how do we protect ourselves from letting our ego take center stage? That's where the priority of relationships comes in. A healthy relationship with God and healthy relationships with others have the power to keep our commitments to the things and tasks in our lives from getting out of balance. Day two, y'all. Here's the little section at the end of the chapter. I'm showing our YouTube friends on video. Um, It's a little square and Inside of it says, Point to ponder. God does not demand of me that I accomplish great things. He does demand of me that I strive for excellence in my relationship. The verse to remember this day and this week is So I tell you, don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food, drink, and clothes. Doesn't life consist of more than food and clothing? And the question to consider this week and day is, what do the ways in which I spend my time and money say about the top priorities in my life? Woo! That was fire. There was a lot of gold in that day. And if you are here right now under the sound of my breath and you're a little confused, um... That was an excerpt of The Relationship Principles of Jesus by Tom Holliday. It, over the course of 40 days, will quite literally reposition how you think about relationships in your life. And I want to go through this book together together. January. Not only go through this book through a forum of a book club of some sort, um, that's going to look like Zoom this time around because not everybody's in Nashville, Tennessee, and I recognize that. Um, But if you want more details on what this is going to look like in January, just go to the link in my bio First of all, grab this book on Amazon. I think it's like 20 bucks or less um, and have it and be ready in January. And then two, join the Joy Corner, which is my weekly email newsletter. I'm going to be sharing more details every week leading up to this moment on how we can get more plugged in and what this group will look like. It will be limited seating, so I want you to be very mindful with making sure that you're on the newsletter so that you don't miss a beat in me sharing this and being a part of this with us. Um, but if you also feel called to not do it with a group but to do it with two of your closest friends in your hometown or your mom or your sister I highly recommend doing that as well Um, I know how much this helped me and my relationships in my life and gosh I want nothing more than to infuse that same encounter with you So if there's a certain part of this episode or this day that you really love that you think could be a fire episode for the future even of That's Joy in 2024, um, shoot me a text to 615-813-4813 and let me know what that is because seriously, I want to talk about it. And like I said, that link to subscribe to the Joy Corner, which is my newsletter, is in the show notes here on um, your podcast, wherever you're listening to it. And it, um... What else? What else? Aha! Uh-huh. If you're not following me on social yet, you can follow me at C-C-A-L-B-O-N-E-R-O on Instagram and on TikTok. And you can follow That Joy the Podcast on both of those as well. If you've not yet subscribed, rated, or left a review for That Joy, you can do that on Apple Podcasts. It's the biggest Christmas gift that you can give me from afar. And it's free. All it takes is just about two to three minutes of your time. Um, you can write in something real special. Special and cute on Apple Podcasts, and you can head over to Spotify and drop a five stars. No matter where you're listening to this, too, you can do two of those things. I'm telling y'all, it does wonders for podcasters. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking time to do that. I'll never leave an episode without saying if you have even the smallest desire to meet the creator of the universe, or if you are already Save, but you're not really free. I want to invite you to sit at the table of plenty with me and so many others. I'm telling you, there's abundance here, there's overflow here, there's so much joy here. I'm here to tell you that God's for you. All you have to do is invite Him into your heart right now. He's waiting for you, He wants to meet with you. And, friend, I'm so proud of you. If you just made this decision, I'd love to know you. Shoot me a text of that number in the show notes so I could pray for you. Let's remember why we're celebrating Christmas this month and let's keep Jesus at the center of it all. I love you. God loves you. And until next time, I'll talk to you all next time. Thank you so much for being here.